the original business was called Chris Thrift Shop. Okay. And so I started off with clothes. Like, mm-hmm. I would go to, like, um, like Goodwills and shit and buy, you know... Like, there, there was a popular um, Instagram. I think it was, like, uh, Thrift's, Thrift Flippers or something like that. Yeah, I've seen them a million times. Yeah. You've seen them? Okay. They, they flip Thrift clothes, right? They, I know those guys. Okay. Like, I literally met those guys. And um, I was talking with them, and they're, like, crazy about it. Like, they, make, they make a lot of money, but um, you got to be, like, quick. you got to be there, like, every day. And you need to know, like, like they would go to, like, Plato's Closet a lot of times. And their inventory, they would hold it for, like, a long time. And I was like, number one, I don't have a whole lot of space. Mm-hmm. I'm living at home. My parents don't really want me, like, just, you know, having all this shit around. Yeah. Yeah. I got to get rid of shit quickly. Um, and also, the, the margins are not that great. So, like, you'll, you can sell shit, but you need to have a lot of shit just kind of on standby. Quantity. Yeah. A lot of quantity. So, like, I would make, like, maybe, like, five bucks on, like, a pair of pants. And I'm mm-hmm. like, this, is this worth my time? So, like, yeah, like, I'll maybe spend three hours in there and I'll get all this shit. I'll list it all. But, like... The, just the listing process, the mailing pro- mailing it out to the customer process. So it's like, I need to have something that is, um, I can get shit out quickly. Mm-hmm. I can, um, you know, I'm, I'm not going to hold on to it quickly. I know, like, what I'm looking at. Like, brands, I don't I don't know brands. Like, mm-hmm. you'll look at something and it'll be like, oh, this is a good brand, but oh, people don't want that shirt. Or, right. So, like, I was like, okay, what is selling the fastest on eBay? Like, and it's electronics, 100%. Hmm. And it's specifically, it's phones iPhones sell the very like they're the top of the top they sell very quickly so like like I said I'll list the phone on there and if it's not gone in an hour I'm like oh is there something wrong with my phones yo what is going on guys welcome to another episode of the better than yesterday show my name is Eric Riley, and I'm going to be your host as always. And today, we have a very special guest, one of my friends since grade school. His name is Chris Updike. Um, so I've known him since grade school. Uh, we graduated eighth grade with only 16 other kids in the entire class. Fucking tiny school out of Valley, Pennsylvania. Uh, doesn't exist anymore, actually. We won't get into that, but <laughs> um, now, he returns, now he works as a retirement plan specialist at Infosys, serving Vanguard, uh, and he also has a few side hustles on the side, so we'll get into that as well. He works as, or he owns a company called Sick Whips Detailing and another one called Peer Electronics, and he's also a huge fitness junkie. Uh, keep me honest here, is it AAAI certified? AAAI, yeah. AAAI certified, <laughs> uh, physical trainer, and also trades stocks and is a big crypto cryptocurrency advocate just like myself. So we're going to get into all those topics. Um, so yeah, Chris, how are you doing today? Dude, I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on, dude. I'm like, super excited to talk with you. Of course, dude. I'm super excited to talk to you too. So before we get into the show, I just want to ask, as always, if you enjoy the show, if it provides you any value, makes you think a certain way, please, please, please make sure to share it with your friends or on your social media platforms because that is the only way we grow. And a quick disclaimer, we are going to be talking about a lot of uh, financial topics in this episode. Uh, I just want to make it very clear. We're not telling you to buy anything. Do your own research first. We are not financial advisors or financial ad, you know, whatever the fuck. (laughs) We don't, we don't, we're not telling you to buy anything. Do your own research first. We're just telling you our opinions on the things that we own and the things that we invest in. So with that being said, let's get right into the show. Um, so I think we're going to start with fitness um, because I think that's probably one of the biggest things that I want to learn a lot about from Chris. Um, so let's just get right into it. So 
let's start with what how do you get certified as a triple ai uh, what is it personal trainer right yeah certified personal trainer yeah, so how do you do that triple ai is probably one of the one of the easiest certifications mm -hmm. you can go online you take a course mm -hmm. um I'll, like for that course it's it's honestly like one day like okay. you can get certified it's the biggest part of that is you're just taking the test mm -hmm. so they're expecting you to come in there with a lot of knowledge already gotcha. um i am going to get certified in there's two other certifications ace and nasm okay they're the other two biggest certifications um they're pretty expensive and they're around like six to eight weeks so it's a lot longer mm -hmm. um aaa is the main reason why you would want to get certified to begin with is so that you can get insurance so like if you're training uh -huh. somebody you want to make sure that you can get you know insurance for that mm -hmm. and you know if they were to get hurt or something like that also um you want to make sure that you know what you're talking about so right. like if you can't pass the test probably don't you probably shouldn't be training other people so <laughs> let me let me ask you this so you said like they're expecting you to come in with a bunch of knowledge like where did you start where did you get that knowledge to to pass the test like is it just in passing you know from working out for so long and kind of sort of just acquiring the knowledge or like were you learning like googling shit like were you learning i was definitely stuff? googling my ass off yeah <laughs> okay yeah so i started lifting uh what was it like freshman year of high school like okay. late freshman year of high school so it's been like a been just shy of 10 years now yeah that's that I've crazy. Been lifting so through that time like i mean it's something that generally interests me mm -hmm. genuinely interests me so um it's not hard for me to just like you know go up to people ask and be like yo like you know what is that exercise you're doing? Yeah. You know, why is that beneficial? Why is maybe that not a good exercise? Or is there something better? You know, just ask questions. Absolutely. So um, someone that you probably know is Luke Gennetti. Yeah, he yeah. really helped me out in the very beginning because um, he knew his shit for personal training. He was he did a lot of wrestling. So mm -hmm. he had a lot of like mentors, coaches, um, teaching him how to, you know, do a lot of the exercises, yeah. what's good, what's not good. So um, I actually met him in the gym. I mean, met him at high school, obviously, but um, didn't really know him that well. Met him in the gym, and he kind of like mentored me. Yeah, helped me a lot with that. So, and that was kind of the the start from mm -hmm. you know where my my fitness journey started. So. Yeah, bro. I mean, it's great to have those kinds of mentors, dude. You gotta you gotta find the the places. Some people like they're not, they might not be going everywhere you want to go, but there's a lot of like there's certain aspects of their life where you're like, yeah, I want I want that aspect of yeah. my life. Like for example, like Mike is basically like my Luke Genetti. Like Mike, like <laughs> yeah. he probably literally. I guess it was like September. Like I was like, dude, I, I have no fucking clue what I'm doing when it comes to lifting. Like I I don't know. Like can we just go to the gym and I just like watch you and you like show me what's good? Like and like dude, we did it for like two three weeks and then finally I was like, okay, like I'm pretty sure I got like the basics down and then like you know you start working on it yourself. So yeah, I mean that's awesome to hear. So I guess I guess that kind of answers like how, why and how do you like did you get into bodybuilding? But what I guess you didn't really give me a good why like. What interests you about it so much? Why do you why do you you know want to lift as much weight as you possibly yeah. can? Yeah, so <laughs> that's that's kind of funny. So yeah. like when I first started, and a lot of guys can be able to be able to do this all the time. <laughs> I got you. Yeah. A lot of guys can be able to relate to this. Mm -hmm. So I started in high school, and I was like, I want to look good for girls. Yeah, like, okay, that's fair like enough. The general reason yeah. when I started, mm -hmm. and then after that, I was like, okay, this is not a sustainable reason. Yeah, like exactly. eventually you reach your goals. And you're like, okay, I feel like I look pretty good. I'm in the shape that I want to be in. Eventually, that's not going to be a sustainable reason. So Absolutely. I need to find a different reason. And it's, it can't just be like, I just want to get big or something yeah. like that. So, and we had briefly talked about this over, mm -hmm. over text, the reason that um, I have now, and it's been for probably the last like seven years, 
um, and this goes directly with entrepreneurship, like I have businesses to build, I have yes. money to make, and I have people to help. Yes. Like that's my three reasons why I'm why I'm continuously doing this, mm -hmm. and I can't do those if I'm dead, right? Yeah, or dude. if I'm in a hospital, can't do those. So I need to stay in good shape so that I can continue to you know work towards those goals, crush those goals, mm. and help those people. So, yeah, and I would also say one thing you had said to me. Um, I remember this really stuck with me because it's something I resonate with really hard, um, more, more in the context of running for me, but, uh, it gives you a base and it, I mean, you didn't say it gives you a base, but you said, you know, there's so much uncertainty in this world. And I like, it just, it's so nice for me to know, like, you know, for two hours, like I know exactly where I need to be and there's no uncertainty. Like I know what I'm going there. I know I'm going there. I know what I'm doing and I'm going to just fucking do it and get it over with. And like, yeah. that's like, that's something that I really had, you know, I don't think a lot of people realize, like, if you don't have a base, like systems to fall back on, like, how are you going to reach the highest level of, you know, performance if you don't even have the fucking habits to fall back yeah, on in 100%. times of not feeling like super motivated like that? Like, I'll be honest with you. I don't really have a base when it comes to weightlifting to fall back on. Like, I feel like I'm forcing myself every single, like, almost all the time when I go to the gym. For running, it's completely different. Like, I know I'm running at least, like, four times a week. I'm running, like, six miles. Like, every, you know, every run I'm going for six miles four times a week. So, like, that's, like, my base. Like, yeah. I know for a fact that I'm falling back on. You probably yeah. have a similar thing. It's the same thing, yeah. yeah. Or, like, that's honestly, like, my stress relief. Like, I'll, I'll go yeah. in there, like... Dude, my favorite thing is to go in there when I'm like angry or I've had a bad day or oh, I'm yeah. stressed and I'm like, dude, I'm gonna fucking kill this shit. <laughs> like, I'm gonna kill this shit. Yeah, <laughs> you know I mean? yeah, no, I definitely so, feel that too. Yeah, it's just like after like a long ass stressful day for me of like work or something like whenever works like just been like a bitch like that day. It's just like I it, my, my workout is always so nice. <laughs> always so nice. So I feel that. Um, all right, so let's get into a little bit of like the technicalities of your fitness, your fitness journey, your fitness goals. So, first off, what are your fitness goals? I mean, what what are you trying to do with your body right now? Are you bulking? Are you cutting? Are you trying to lift a lot? Are you trying to have endurance? You know, what what's the plan? So I'm definitely trying to cut. Um, I'm in a cutting phase right now because right. it's like it's almost summer, mm -hmm. so I'm trying to get in shape. Um, definitely try trying to get as strong as possible yeah. and as big as possible. But like, I'm not going to get there while I'm cutting right, right now. So just focusing on strength and a lot of those strength gains are going to come mm -hmm. down. Um, I told you pre previously that um, like my biggest goal right now is uh, squats. I want to hit 400 pounds. Yeah. Like that's the that's the goal, and I'm so close to it. I'm not <laughs> quite there yet, though. The form is not where I want it to be, so I'm okay. not going to count it yet. But close, close enough. So, what is your max squat? Like 390? I'm at 385 right now. <laughs> okay. For, where I can do one rep like ass to grass, like <laughs> like perfectly. You'll so. get there. You'll get there. <laughs> um, how about chest press? What do you max out there? Uh, chest press, I'm at 270 pounds. Okay. For, for like clean. Nice, yeah. nice. Um, so, I guess let me ask you this: like, you've been in the gym like crazy for the past, you know. I don't know. Would you say you've been going as hard as you've been going for the past 10 years? Or, no. you know, when did you really ramp it up? You know, was there a reason you started to ramp it up? Or is it just sort of like the habits built up over time type thing? Yeah, it definitely is. So, like, I would say for the first, and this is this is average for a lot of people. Yeah. The first three years, I was, like, off and on. Um, I didn't really know what the fuck I was doing. Yeah. That's with a lot of people. I remember I actually had a conversation with Luke Gennetti, and he was like, he's like, dude, he's like, look, why are you coming to the fucking gym? And I was like... I want to like get in shape and he's like then why are you fucking half-assing yeah and I was like oh shit I was like okay I need to get my ass in the gym so like 
it didn't just happen right then, mm -hmm. but it did slowly build up. And after about three years, so for about, about like the last six years, like it's, I need to be in the gym at least five days a week. I try to get there six days and then one rest day. Mm -hmm. So that's where I'm at right and now. And how long for how long? Uh, honestly, it just comes down to like when I'm done. <laughs> like, I'm just like, I get in there. I mean, you know, I've told you, I get there like late as fuck. Yeah. I normally leave when people are just coming in for the morning. <laughs> so like, I'll get there normally around like midnight and then I'll leave sometime around like two or three. Okay. So that's insane. So <laughs> I guess my question would be then you don't, you know, you don't say like, okay, I have to be here for this long. You just have to work out. You go do it. And then once you've done your workout, you're fucking gone. Yeah. So what is like a typical, what does a typical day at the gym look like for you? Like, give me like a, you know, pseudo workout. What would you, what would you do for like a, I don't know, like a pull day or a push day or something like that? Like, sure. Yeah. So I do like push, pull legs. <clears throat> My push and pull are actually a little bit odd um, from what most people do. So on my push day, um, you know, normally you'll have chest, tries, and shoulders. That's like a normal mm -hmm. push workout. I actually substitute buys um, for tries. So okay. I, I and I flip those on my. Why pool. is that? Um, so there's a video by um, Jeff Cavalier, Athlete X, someone that I like. You know, really watch a mm -hmm. lot. He has a lot of great information on. He's like there. a fitness influencer. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, he's a big uh, like physical therapist in the sports community. Gotcha. Um, so one thing that he was kind of stating is you can actually like the buys and tries they recover fairly quickly, mm -hmm. especially when you've been working from for a while. It's hard to get like, um, you know, it's hard to strain those muscles mm -hmm. uh, and have it where it's really like bothering you the next day. Which is what so you want. That's what I want. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like if, if I if I work it out like and I go really hard, like especially with legs, there's been days when I'll literally crawl up to my house from the driveway. I'm not even shitting you. And I'm like, dude, I can't walk. I've seen like my legs just like bubbling and shit. Cause that, like the that the only time I've had that where like I literally couldn't walk was after uh, like three three weeks ago. I went for like a twenty mile run. I literally yeah, I can see that. Back. <laughs> dude, I I sat in the elevator. I was like, I can't I can't take another step. We we'll go back to what you're saying. What's a typical yeah. day? Yeah. Yeah. So like, and then I'll do um, pool. Will be um, uh, deadlifts. Well, back. And then just tries. Mm -hmm. And then normally I'll incorporate some like abs in there. And then all these exercises have mm -hmm. uh, a little bit of cardio because I'm on a, mm -hmm. you know, a, a cut right now. Any abs in there, core? Yeah, so I'll do like obliques, core, okay. um, abs towards like the end of my workout. Mm -hmm. I do those. Every day, every workout. Uh, those are, it, honestly, it's at least three, three workouts is gotcha. what I do. So it's okay. kind of just like when I feel them, my push day is like the day that I like the most, mm -hmm. but it's also my lungs. Like I'll be there for probably two and a half hours. I feel the exact same so. way, dude. I feel the exact <laughs> same way about like chest and shoulders. Like whenever, I, like sometimes I'll do like push, sometimes I'll just do chest or like just focus shoulders. And like, it's just so, I don't know why, but push like chest is so <laughs> enjoyable to me. It's just like, yeah, fuck yeah, I'm gonna get in there and just push as much weight as I possibly yeah, exactly, can. Dude. But I guess, what give me the details of like, what workouts you're actually doing on okay. a push day like what is a what is a regimen that you would do like, gotcha okay yeah. yeah so i mean it does fluctuate a little bit it yeah. kind of comes on like when you've been lifting a long time mm -hmm. you gotta just, switch it up yeah like yeah. that and then you'll also know like when you're coming into the gym you're just like okay like shit. i know i need like this is lacking a little mm, bit okay. so i need to really focus on this um i normally start with chest so like first like 10 minutes i'm warming up just okay. like warming up my rotator cuff, stuff like that, doing exercises for that. Like what? So I do, um, I have no idea what they're called, honestly. Mm -hmm. Those, 
those and then just like basically okay. like lateral. Oh, sort of, okay. Yeah, just like honestly don't even know what they're called. They're I got just, you. <laughs> the workouts yeah, yeah, yeah. that I do. Um, so those three, and I just honestly go between those for the first like 15 minutes. Okay. Um, to just like warm up your rotator cuffs. Yep. Um, I'll normally start with, so I start with my heavy movements. So mm -hmm. like any, like, I don't want to say stretching movements, but, um, movements that really like, yeah, for lack of a better word, stretch out the, the chest, like flies. Yeah. I do those last because okay. I'm not really pushing big weight. Mm -hmm. Um, so like I'll start with chest press. Okay. Um, I'll do around four to five sets of that. I normally do like a warm up set. Mm -hmm. And then after that, um, I'll go to like incline for, for top. When you do your chest press, are you doing like, are you starting out with a little lower weight and then moving it up? Or are you staying yeah. at a consistent weight or? Yeah. So normally I'll go right to, I'll go right to 135. That's what, like my, that's what I start at. Yeah. That's like my warm up weight. Mm -hmm. I'll do one set of that. And normally I do anywhere from like, 15 to 20 mm -hmm. um, reps of that. Yeah. Then I'll go up like right to 225. Oh, so you jump. I ju yeah, I jump like right up. Yeah, okay. And then I can normally do around eight of those. Okay. I do it until I can't do at least six. Mm -hmm. um, and after I get that, then I back it down to around 200. Mm -hmm. And I just do sets of that for as many as I can possibly do for the remaining like two or three sets. Okay. Interesting. So, okay. And yeah. then next, what do you do? After then I'll do incline. So, and that's basically, all these are kind of the same mm -hmm. thing. They're yeah. all kind of, um, you know, build up to that. And it's, it's technically a pyramid set. So you mm -hmm. go like, you start low, build up a little bit, and then you come back down yeah. to kind of burn, burn your, out, like, burn yeah. yourself out. Yeah. Um, so same thing with, um, you know, incline, mm -hmm. and then for decline, I actually go straight to uh, cables. Okay. And there's a you can get like a long bar, and you just put on there, and I just push off like as much weight as I possibly can. And then it goes to stretching movements, so like um, you flies. know, like flies yeah. stuff like that. Okay. And then shoulders, um, something that I, I used to only do uh, barbell, mm -hmm. you know, pushes. Um, now I do, or excuse me, dumbbell. Now I do barbell. Oh, so, okay. So you um, used to only do dumbbell. Now you switch to barbell. Also. Yeah. Okay. So no particular reason. Like I just, I don't know. I feel like I guess never have better control over since it's like an attached bar. Mm -hmm. You have more um, rotation, but whether you want that or not for your shoulder, like I feel like the worst. I mean, not the worst industry, but um, the most common injury is like your shoulders. Right. So and like I had a, I had a buddy. Um, he tore his rotator cuff and like once you tear that it's pretty much fucked for like yeah, ever. Trouble, like, yeah. he's had three surgeries it's Damn. still not right so like and does he lift still he he i mean he's like in his like he's like 50 mm -hmm. so yeah. like he still lifts but like he was trying to go for what was it so like when he was in his 40s he wanted to go for like guinness book of world records wow like he was up there for like i think he was going to go for it for um like lap pull downs or something and he was i don't even know how much weight he was pulling it was like crazy <laughs> and then um you know just like over the year like just it, it's it's good to talk to those people because you're like okay like no offense but you fucked up what did you do you overtrained like, like what the tell fuck? me what you did so i don't do it right so and he's like anything behind your back like don't do lap pull downs behind your back mm. um don't do like i'm trying to think of like what else uh make sure you have correct form when you're doing like chest like a lot mm. of people they like flare out their shoulders like mm. you know certain things like that and i'm like okay that's things to avoid and also, like, if you feel like your, you know, your shoulders like feeling sore or it's not feeling right, like, don't push it. Just yeah, fuck off. That's <laughs> a huge thing. Yeah, so. I feel that. Do not aggravate it. Like, uh, I remember I was at the gym with Mike like a month ago or two maybe, and like we we're doing dips or something. Like he was like doing dips, and he was like, "Oh, dude, like my shoulders." 
And then like he was like, oh, I'll do one more set. And then he did that one set. He was like, fuck, dude. He was like, I just fucked myself. <laughs> He's like, I knew after like the third dip, like, and he couldn't do chest for like a, week, like a month after that because it was just like bothering him for the whole time. And, like yeah. finally got better, right? But it's like you could have just not done that one extra set. Yeah, you probably might have been sore for like a week. <laughs> <laughs> now you're fucked for like a month. Um, but like, yeah, no, I feel you. Like you just can't, you can't over push yourself sometimes. But at the same time, you gotta. I don't know everything you're everything that you just said about like your whole regimen and the way you approach working out I guess is just like you need to know what you're going for and you need to know your body and like where you max out and like how much weight you can put up safely like to to maximize your gain. yeah 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 100 and I mean that that video that I sent you of me going for like 400 pound squats right. I mean, that's also, you need to know how to, if you're in a bad situation, how to deal with it. Like yeah. I was, I was trained in like, you know, if you have 400 pounds on your back, if that hits your fucking, you know, mm -hmm. your legs, your back, you're going to feel it. So like, yeah. you better know how to offload that quick. So like I can offload it. And I mean, it's still like, you're like, holy shit. Like I just dropped 400 pounds. Yeah. But at the same time, like, you know, like if you're in that situation, you know how to deal with it. Mm -hmm. So, and you handle it. Absolutely. So. All right. So let's go, let's move to. Actually, we'll do diet after this because I wanted to talk to you a little bit. I didn't write this down because I totally forgot about it until just now. But um, I know you started like doing Muay Thai, right? Yeah. So tell me a little bit about what is Muay Thai? Um, why did you get into it? Just, you know, I guess start with what is Muay Thai and we'll go from there. Yeah. So Muay Thai is like a fighting style. Mm -hmm. um, I think it's most suited for probably like street fights now that i'm trying to get into street fights but <laughs> but if someone wants to yeah. press you if someone wants to fuck me. no so like if someone like i mean it's all about more or less protecting yourself but mm -hmm. at the same time that fighting style is basically like if someone comes at me like i'm going to use everything to fuck that person up yeah. like to make sure that like i can get away safely and that's really what a fighting style should be like yeah. it shouldn't be to like go fuck up people it should be like if i'm in a situation I know how to get out of that. Yeah, so I would I mean, say a lot of other fighting styles like assume that the fighter is going to like fight honorably almost. Yeah, exactly. Follow that follow a certain fighting style and Muay Thai is more or less like, yo, this motherfucker could be doing anything when he comes exactly. at me. Like I gotta handle that. Okay, so why did you want to get into that? Was it a self-defense thing or were you just sort of um, wanted to get into some type of fighting or? So, I mean, I, I really started it because my one buddy got into it and he's like, hey, like I'm doing this alone. He's like, come, come yeah. basically, you know, come do it with me. Could be cool. And then uh, so I started doing it and it's, I mean, I, I already have pretty much my plate full with like fitness. Like mm -hmm. I'm already there all these days, but I was like, fuck it. I was like, I'm cutting. I'll kind of condense my workouts where I'm working out like seven days a week. And then I'll do Muay Thai as kind of like one of my rest days. Okay. Um, so I would do that like You're fucking crazy. Two, <laughs> I would do that like two days a week. Um, and how they kind of were, I don't know if this is all the time, but how I kind of started off in the class was they teach you how to really defend yourself. Mm -hmm. So like you have like certain movements like, you know, just like that. Where you're like protecting, you know, the for the people listening, he's covering his face. <laughs> <laughs> Should have made that clear. So yeah, the, basically using your arms and your hands to cover the vital you yeah. know, parts of like your head and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So um, we learned that that was like the first maybe like three or four weeks, honestly. Mm -hmm. And uh, I mean, this is gonna kind of go into a weird story, but it's cool. So I like weird stories. <laughs> we went down to New Jersey. Wildwood, New Jersey, and I think I told you about this. You might have. You probably know where this is going to go. Um, and we went down there, and randomly during, like, 
this this whole uh, you know vacation we went down there like these five guys randomly like jumped me basically like beat the shit out of me like there was no way I was going to you it's know five on one dude and not one of many five on ones in your lifetime no, that's not gonna happen <laughs> yeah. like so realistically probably should have died like realistically like dude I was down on the ground basically like you know they're kicking the shit out of me yeah. so and the only thing that really like saved me was those first four weeks wow. like dude if I would not have taken that I'd probably be dead like not even to be like that's weird crazy so. I took that as like shit like I, I should be doing this long term mm. so like I should definitely get into this continue to do this like that's that's got to be a sign at least I'm, I'm gonna take it as one that, that's that awesome. I mean I think that saved my fucking life I mean that's so. not awesome that that happened but <laughs> it's, a, it's an interesting you know a person dude fuck it I'm gonna take it as a fucking good yeah, thing absolutely like, yeah I mean you like, that's what got me into it right, that's what's right. gonna keep me into it so I love that hell yeah. that's dope <laughs> um okay so let's now get into um, a little bit more about fitness health. Um, let's talk about diet a little bit. So what are, I guess, first, first let's ask this. Now, well, yeah, yeah, what is more important in your opinion to maximizing like gains? Is it gains in the gym, lifting, like shit like that? Or is it your diet? I mean, both are obviously like super fucking important. I think that's common knowledge and pretty accepted at this point, but what is gonna get you farther? Like. Obviously, you need to work out a little bit if you want to put on muscle, but if I'm working out like crazy and eating like shit, am I still going to put on muscle? I guess, is diet more important than actually making gains in the gym, or do you think they're pretty pretty even, or is one a little bit more important than the other? Sure. So, yeah, I'll ask you the first, answer the first question. Yeah. Diet is way more important. Yeah. Like, 100% more important. If you eat like shit... You're, you're gonna still put on gains like you're yeah. still gonna make but like you're leaving so much shit on the table 100 mm. percent. like i would say diet is like the classic is like everyone's like uh you know going to the gym and working out is 100 percent, and diet is working 100 percent. but it's like really let's break that down mm -hmm. diet is like 90 percent. the gym is like 10 percent. wow yeah okay so like 100 percent diet you need to be getting your protein intake in um I mean, a lot of people are like, oh, I'm trying to lose weight. I want to, you know, cut off carbs. I want to cut off fat. Or they're like, I'm trying to put on weight and put on muscle. I want to, you know, eat a shit ton of fats, eat a shit ton of carbs. I, I would stay away from really, um, you know, that mentality. Yeah. So like all the, understanding that all three macros are good for multiple different things. Mm -hmm. So like you have your protein, obviously that's the building block of muscles. You have carbs. That's energy, that's yep. instant energy, and also energy for your brain. Mm -hmm. um, and then you have fats. That's the main way that your body uh, moves around vitamins, minerals, nutrients, all that stuff. So yeah. you need all that shit. So yeah. people that are going on like the Atkins diet or the keto diet, it's not going to be good long term. Yeah. Like you shouldn't be doing that. Yeah, and I, I know people who have like lost weight from that shit, right? And then soon as they get off it, you get it right like, back. It's like whoop, fucking rubber band. Exactly. Like you're right back where you started, and it's like. Knowing that, like, so many people know that, right? That it's like, okay, yeah, it's a quick, like, you're going to lose weight quick when you go on keto. Like, that's that's all right. But there's also a large chance that you're going to gain it back. And so many people still do it and expect, like, expect to see long-term results. I'm like, use your fucking brain. Yeah. Like, and I'm not saying, like, anyone that's on keto is an idiot. Like, if you want to do it, like, do it. But just understand that if you're just doing it to lose weight and you're going to go right back to the same shit as soon as you get off of it, you're going to gain the weight back. Yeah. Like, it's 100%. Not, yeah. So, okay. That's interesting. So that's actually like, 
interesting to me because I would have thought it was more 50-50 than that. Mm -hmm. So I, I do like to hear that because, you know, my diet's definitely not as good as it could be. And I haven't been seeing crazy gains like I wish I was, but I'm also, like you said, like, you know, people go to the gym and like, don't know what the fuck they're doing a little bit sometimes for the first couple, like, dude, I've only been going to the gym for, I don't know, like nine, 10 months. Like, mm -hmm. I, I feel like I still don't know what the fuck I'm doing there. And on mm -hmm. top of that, my diet's not that good. So it kind of makes sense that I'm not seeing crazy gains like I should be expecting. You know what I mean? Dude, I mean, like in the very beginning, that's like... So, like, you're probably familiar with, like, newbie gains, mm -hmm. where it's, like, you put on, like, crazy amounts of gains in the very beginning. That's, yeah. like, life's way of saying, like, you're on track, but you still need to keep learning. Yeah. And, I mean, dude, I'm still learning new shit. Like, yeah. 10 years later, like, I'm still learning new shit. Like, the smartest guy in the gym is the, the guy that understands that he knows fucking nothing. Yeah. So, like... That's that's just life in general. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, no, it's, like, uh, the smarter you get in any subject, once... Like, if you're stupid, you feel like you know it all. But, but once you start to get smarter, you start to realize, like, holy shit, there, I know nothing. <laughs> exactly. 100%. <laughs> so that's good. Um, so what do you eat on a day-to-day -day basis? I mean, what's, what's your diet consist of? Is there, do you have, like, a strict standard meal plan? Or do you just have sort of macros you follow? Do you have, like, a couple meals that you sort of switch on and off? I mean, what, do you, what are you doing normally? Yes. I mean, that's, dude, that's an awesome question because... That, that kind of leads into my my meal plan. I'm glad that you said meal plan because yeah. a lot of people say diet. I try to stick away from even the word like diet because the first thing I hear when I see or when I, someone says diet is restriction. Yeah. Like what I can't have. Like I already know what I fucking can't have. Yeah. I want to know what I can have. Like what can I eat that I'm going to fucking like yeah. today that I can stick to my goals? So mm -hmm. it definitely changes like very sporadically. Okay. Um, I just know like my macros that I need to hit. Mm -hmm. So like I try to keep my fats and carbs moderately low um and then my protein as high as possible i have to have at least 200 grams of protein per day like no exceptions you're probably so full and dude all the time it, no you'd be surprised like i'm always fucking hungry okay. but like um and i try to go very very low carb throughout the day i obviously still have like mm -hmm. carbs i want to have carbs with every meal um and then right before the gym is when i have like my dinner so mm -hmm. i have my dinner like super fucking late because i'm going at 12. Mm -hmm. Um, and I'll have like a very big carb meal and that, that does change. So like right now I've been really digging, uh, what is it? Like the Kodiak cakes, oh, like I love the ones that you make. Yeah. Uh, I'm a little weird. I may, I put them in like a bowl, mix them up with egg whites. Oh yeah. And then, uh, I just put it in the microwave for like 45 seconds, stir it around and then put it back in for like a minute. And it's like, it's like a fucking big pancake in a bowl and yeah. I put like low calorie chocolate syrup on it and oh. low calorie syrup. Oh my uh, regular God. Syrup. Amazing. It's amazing. Yeah. yeah. Dang. And that sounds great. <laughs> oh my God, bro. So, um, I guess what are, so for carbs, you're saying like Kodiak cakes, protein, I'm assuming like lean meats, like chicken, you know, and anything else. I mean, do you eat, um, like non meat based protein more often, less often, like I definitely prioritize like meat like mm -hmm. so obviously chicken is going to be like pretty much your biggest yeah. you know your best protein source there I feel that. um i do a lot of lean beef so like i like i like to mix uh i like to make like taco meat gotcha. out of that stuff mm -hmm. um i do every now and then get put in like some um like non-meat substitutes like yeah. like protein powder yeah um i have a lot of that no, not you a, have a protein of, shake every day i have probably two protein shakes every single okay. day yeah so um um uh, one scoop each 
Uh, normally two scoops each. Holy yeah, shit! So, okay. So um, yeah. So like I like you can really only take in, the average person can only take in around fifty grams of protein every two and a half hours. Mm-hmm. Um, so I try to maximize right. on that as much as I can. Right. I mean, if you have to take in two hundred grams of protein, that's basically four meals. Four meals. Yeah. So or if you're doing, you know, like sometimes I'll be closer to the forty gram. Mm-hmm. You know, so now you have five meals. So somewhere around there. Um, yeah. Okay. Cool. Um, all right, so one question I had, and I think I asked you this before, but I think it would benefit everyone to hear. So high weight, low rep, high rep, low weight, when does each make sense? Does it depend on where you're trying to go gains-wise, if you're trying to cut, if you're trying to bulk, or is it more or less like depends on the muscle? I mean, I think that's what you had told me, so I just kind of want to hear you lay that out. Like, gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, so... I mean, there's a lot of myths, obviously, in the fitness community. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the biggest ones that I even believed for a long time was do super high reps and you'll get lean, which is complete like bullshit. Mm-hmm. Like, you have the type one and type two muscle fibers. You need to be working both of them, kind of, to break down what they are. I'm gonna probably get them confused, but cool. I think it's type one is um, your fast twitch. Okay. And then the other one is type two is your slow twitch. I probably have that backwards. Basically, one is for super heavy movements. So like if you're doing a deadlift at like 500 pounds and you're quick pulling it up, mm-hmm. that's going to be you know your your fast twitch. Your slow twitch is going to be more movements that are like slower weight. So like if I'm you know drinking something or you know something like slow, like hopefully you're not going at your face like that yeah, really quick. You know what I mean? So. Um, you want to be working both of those. Now, your fast twitch is going to grow like a lot bigger mm-hmm. than your slow twitch. Okay. Like they're you know, shit ton bigger yeah. than your, your your slow twitch. And that would be like high weight, low rep things, or not necessarily high rep, but mm-hmm. just lower weight. Okay. Yeah. So like, okay. so you do want to be working both of them, and you want to work them both to. I mean, not always failure, but work them until you're you're straining yourself. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Or at least close to it. Yeah. Exactly. I got you. Yeah, so you should definitely be doing both. That being said, there are certain muscles that they benefit more, and this is gonna change from person to person, mm-hmm. um, that are gonna benefit more uh, for the fast twitch. And this is different for every single person. Like you look at the the athletes that are like the fucking biggest, yeah. and you're, if you study them, you're gonna see that they have a shit ton of fast twitch fibers, like, mm-hmm. and you're just born with that. You can't fucking change that. Interesting. That's just the way it's gonna fucking be. <laughs> so, <clears throat> that being said, if you have more slow twitch, like, work to your fucking strengths. Yeah. Like, still work out those, those you know. So, oh, like, so. I have moderate, I don't have the biggest fucking arms. Like, I have smaller arms. So, yeah. like, I work out my arms every fucking day, mm-hmm. pretty much. Um, obviously, in different ways. Like, I give them each a rest day, mm-hmm. but. Um, my I can already tell that I have more slow twitch mm. in my arms. So like, fuck it, I'll work to my strengths. I'll go, you know, I'm still gonna do heavy ass weight, but I'm gonna my burnouts are gonna be fucking crazy, and I'm gonna also have sets of just fucking you know higher higher reps, and that's gonna be like around like fifteen to twenty, yeah. and then a moderate weight. Gotcha. So. Interesting. I never knew that. So see, I had asked you that, and you sent me a text about that, but. I did not understand everything that you were talking about. It was kind of hard to tell it over text. Right, right. (laughs) Well, that's good. That's good. Um, Okay, so let's move on from sort of the health and fitness, uh, you know, conversation. Let's move on to sort of the business. Um, Let's talk about first, uh, let's go into pure electronics. So I guess the first, so Chris owns two businesses. I said that at the beginning of this podcast, if you didn't hear, 
Um, he owns a business called Pure Electronics, and he owns one called Sick Whips Detailing. Uh, so first, we're gonna start. We're gonna talk about Pure Electronics a little bit. So, when first off, I guess when did you start it? Uh, I started this back in it was twenty seventeen. Okay, so, around there. So it's about four years four old. Four years now. old. Okay, yeah. cool. So. Um, I know, I know uh, I, we were just talking about this on the show, and I was like, or he read the thing I had written down. I was like, what is the business model? He's like, honestly, dude, I don't think I've written a business model. <laughs> Which is terrible. Which, well, I mean, that's totally okay, dude. Like, entrepreneurs are the types of people that just, you're, I can tell you're a doer, you're a, you're a fast actor, you don't really, you just start fucking doing it. So yeah. I, I respect that. Um, but I guess not so much what is the business model but how do you make money what is the operation of the like what is the operation side of the business what do you do on a day-to-day basis to produce revenue for your business sure yeah so every day in the morning i put out ads um i mostly use facebook so you use facebook ads yeah okay exactly um put them out there basically just stating like hey i buy electronics so i buy like broken used you know new sometimes mm-hmm. electronics yeah and then resell them so if it's broken i fix like iphones laptops stuff like that gotcha. tablets i fix all that shit and then i just have an ebay store that cool. i send it off on mm-hmm. um and then i also do like very very scarcely i do um like where i'll go to people's houses and fix like their ipods and stuff like that okay so or ipads mm-hmm. you know, iphones all that shit gotcha so, so i guess the first question i would have is why ebay why why not any other amazon or any other reselling platform why do you like ebay so um ebay is probably the easiest place to sell stuff mm-hmm. like their fees are very straightforward it's like 10 percent. they take 10 percent, which sounds like a lot but like i'll sell shit like quick you, like, gotta, if build I it your, you gotta build it into the price yeah 100 percent. yeah and i build like my shipping costs into there mm-hmm. um also you can the thing that i love about ebay is if you go into like their filter you can change it to like sold items so i can see what other people are actually selling this item for and I'll be like, okay, I'm just gonna put it like a dollar under them, yeah. and it'll sell like like I'll sell stuff in under thirty seconds. Do you? Like, I would ask, do you sell most of your inventory quickly? Like, do you hold a lot of inventory? Uh, the longest I've had inventory is like three days. So you sell it? Like, yeah, it goes out quick. Like I buy it and then and I don't like like a lot of people they'll be like, okay, like I want to test everything and like yeah, I definitely make sure I test everything, but like I test it like most of this, the stuff that I test. I test on the spot. Like before I even buy it, right. I want to make sure that it's, you know, I'm not buying something that doesn't work. Buy it, or if it does, I know about it and I can fix it. Have you, or do you do that now because you fucked up before? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so that, that yes. would be the first thing, like, yeah, hey man, respect what you learned from yeah. your mistakes. Like, 100%. I yeah. fucked up, I didn't test this, I sold something, something faulty, <laughs> and never let that happen again. So, okay, that's good. Um, So, why, why did you start it? I mean, back in 2017, what was going through your mind? Were you just bored? Did you need something to do? I mean... Dude, honestly, I was... So I was working at Giant back in 2017. Okay. Um, you know, that was like... Food store, for anyone that doesn't know that. Grocery <laughs> store. Go ahead. Um, yeah, that was like my first... Not my first job, but my first real job for like an actual company. Mm-hmm. And um, honestly, like, just was not making enough money. I was yeah. like, you know, I have not a whole lot of bills. I'm living at home with, mm-hmm. with family, but... So you got like, you know, car payments or, you know, insurance, gas, all that stuff. And I was like, dude, this is ridiculous. Like I'm working like a 35 hour week and I'm still not like, I'm I'm basically just evening out. I was like, why am I even living right now? (laughs) Like not even to be dark, but like, why am I living right now? I'm making no money. So I was like, I need to figure out a way. It's like, it's like you're sitting here like, okay, I'm working. I'm not saving any fucking money. Like. 
that has a huge impact i feel on like your outlook on life because it's like if i'm not doing anything right now in my present to build towards a better future why would i expect the future to be better like, exactly so you know like okay so i respect that so you started it basically because out of more or less necessity i mean yeah yeah because you just wanted to make more money and you know not just saying like oh need to make more money but I mean, you're obviously a doer. I'm sure, like, why are, have you always been interested in electronics? I mean, was this sort of, like, the smartest path for you to go down in terms of, like, starting a business and, you know, getting it up and running quickly? I mean... I mean, honestly, it didn't even start like this. So, like, the we just went through a rebranding, mm-hmm. like, a year ago, honestly. The original business was called Chris Thrift Shop. Okay. And so I started off with clothes. Like, mm-hmm. I would go to, like, um, like, Goodwills and shit and buy, you know... Like, there, there was a popular um, Instagram, I think it was, like, uh, Thrift's, Thrift Flippers or something like that. Yeah, I've seen them a million times, yeah. You've seen them? Okay. They, they flip thrift clothes, right? They, I know those guys. Okay. Like, I literally met those guys, and um, I was talking with them, and they're, like, crazy about it. They make they make a lot of money, but um, you got to be, like, quick. You got to be there, like, every day, and you need to know, like, like they would go to, like, Plato's Closet a lot of times, and their inventory, they would hold it for, like, a long time. And I was like, number one, I don't have a whole lot of space. Mm-hmm. I'm living at home. My parents don't really want me like just you know having all this shit around. Yeah, yeah. I got to get rid of shit quickly, um, and also the the margins are not that great. So like you'll you can sell shit, but you need to have a lot of shit just kind of on standby. Quantity, yeah, a lot of quantity. So like I would make like maybe like five bucks on like a pair of pants, and I'm mm-hmm. like, this is this worth my time to like yeah like I'll maybe spend three hours in there and I'll get all this shit. I'll list it all, but like the, just the listing process, the mailing pro- mailing it out to the customer process. So it's like, I need to have something that is, um, I can get shit out quickly. Mm-hmm. I can, um, you know, I'm, I'm not going to hold on to it quickly. I know like what I'm looking at, like brands. I don't, I don't know brands. Like mm-hmm. you'll look at something and it'll be like, oh, this is a good brand, but oh, people don't want that shirt. Or, right. So like, I was like, okay, what is selling the fastest on eBay? Like, and it's electronics, hundred hmm. percent. And it's specifically it's phones, wow. iPhones sell the very, like they're the top of the top. They sell very quickly. So like like I said, I'll list the phone on there, and if it's not gone in an hour, I'm like, oh, is there something wrong with my post? Yeah, something, something's going up. But <laughs> something's wrong. Yeah, Interesting. So I'll get it like out the door very quickly. The profit is great, and a lot of times, like someone breaks their phone, they're gonna go to like the mall. The person's gonna be like, okay, it's a hundred bucks to fix it. And they're like, screw it. Like I'm just gonna sell it. Yeah. And they sell it to me. They get more than they would have because I know I can fix it for very cheap. Like mm-hmm. they're gonna charge you a hundred bucks. I can fix it myself for ten dollars mm-hmm. and pocket that ninety plus a little bit extra because you don't want to fix it. Mm-hmm. So it's a win-win. Yeah, hundred percent. Gotcha. So, That's interesting. So when did this whole, I guess, when did you fully pivot from everything? Was it well? First off, when it was Chris Thrift Store, was it just clothes? I mean, when you started, was it just yeah. clothes? Okay. So when did you pivot? from just clothes to, was it pivoting from just clothes straight to just electronics? I mean, was that essentially like, or it, was it like a gradual sort of- It was of a gradual, like, yeah. Okay. So like, I was like slowly like easing out of the clothes yeah. and going into electronics. And um, I mean, I actually found a guy, uh, his name's David Kosciuszko. Mm-hmm. And um, I've actually talked to a couple people that like work directly with him. Uh, and they, they helped me a little bit with, um, Kind of like understanding the business, mm-hmm. understanding, you know, where to sell, the fees, things to avoid, um, you know, certain things that you want to sell. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was definitely a, a gradual thing. And eventually I realized, I was like, why am I even selling clothes? Like yeah. the, the clothes were just sitting there and the electronics were, were going out like crazy. I mean, my first year, 
I did like honestly the first year I was expecting to do like I was like dude if I if I can make a thousand dollars yeah like, like revenue yeah I was yeah dude honestly I was like I was like if I can make a thousand dollars revenue I was like I'll be happy and then I looked at my and my records were terrible the first year but yeah dude it's, it's so like after the first year I like looked at my thing I was like oh shit I made over like forty grand and I was like okay yeah this is this is good so I'm gonna continue with this so. I mean, yeah, just, and a lot of that time, I wasn't even looking at my, my sales. I mean, I knew what I was buying things and selling them for, but, like, at the end of the year, when you actually look and you're like, oh, shit, I did well this year. Like, I need to continue with this. Right. So, yeah, so you've looked at your numbers and probably realized, like, okay, I'm making way more money on electronics. Oh, yeah. I could have quit my job. I should have quit my job. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, so, since then, has revenue stayed steady has it increased has it decreased what you know covid you know has anything really has it been doing all right has it been doing a little you know has it staggered you know um it's pretty much staying steady um from covid i'm expecting it to be a lot higher this year now that we're kind of on the tail end of covid mm -hmm. or hopefully yeah. yeah um i would have thought in the, you know in 2020 it would have actually amped up because you know people want cash they want to sell their electronics mm -hmm. but what actually came down to is they're not buying new electronics so they don't have anything else to sell mm. so um it definitely amped down a little bit i would say in 2020 2021 i'm expecting to do at least like 60k nice um that's like we're projected as um and then i have a really good uh, i'm trying to get like clients for electronic companies that's like my next goal so i have actually ended up getting a client from Citrax that's okay. basically going to just sell me leases so mm -hmm. that's been going like super well um if ever, anyone knows like the tech you know industry right now GPUs are huge for crypto mining yep so I've been getting a lot of those and those are selling like hotcakes like that. I'll list GPUs for like 300 bucks over their asking price and I'll be lucky if they sit there for 30 seconds like they fly the fuck out so that's insane so that's that's a great client um just trying to kind of, you know, build those clients and, yep. you know, with those, those tech companies. So. so what is the best flip you've had? <laughs> what is the, what is the craziest thing you can think of? I mean, I know you told me one before, but I'm curious. I think it's still going to be, it might be the one I told you. Um, I'm trying to think it's, it's between a couple actually. Okay. The best one I think I had was there was a guy that worked at a, a hotel. Um, he was a mutual friend. Is that the one I told you about? Yeah. So he, um, He's like, yeah, I got these, uh, what were they even called? They were like, they were like switches, big right? switches. Yeah, 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 thank you. So like, they're basically big routers, mm -hmm. essentially, and they use them in hotels to, you know, so every room has Wi-Fi, and um, or if they can use them for other reasons. But so he had like six of them. Anyone that knows computer hardware is probably screaming the fact that you're just like, oh, they're just big routers. Probably. Yeah, they're, they're, okay, they're not big routers. <laughs> go ahead, go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> they're switches, we're just gonna call them switches. Yeah. So, um, he's like, yeah, like I have five of these. He's like, honestly, they just gave them to me. He's like, I don't know what they're worth. He's like, I know you buy electronics though. I saw your, your ads and then we had a mutual friend. So, mm -hmm. um, he's like, what would you give, give me for him? And I was like, um, I was like, let me look them up. And he's like, honestly, he's like, dude, he's like, just how about like hundred bucks for the whole lot? And I was like, all right. And like I looked him up and I was like, all right. So like I got home and I listened. And I was like, oh shit, these are and like there's all different models and shit. I know I could I knew I could make at least like a hundred bucks profit on them, um, just by looking at them. So I was like, okay, yeah, I'll do that. And then I got home and I looked at everything and I was like, oh shit, like these are worth a lot of money. Like the one was the one that he gave me was worth like I think I sold it for like twelve hundred bucks or something like that. And then 
one. Out of five. One, out of five. They were all different models. Well, there was, that was the biggest one. And then there was two different models. Um, so there was four other ones. Two of them were the same models and then two of them were the same mm -hmm. models. And I sold the other ones for a combined total of 600. And then the other ones sold for like 400. So figure I made around like, what is that? 2,200 bucks. I'm, I'm trying to do the math on the fly right now. That's two grand plus 1,200 is... 3200 minus so it's like 31. It's a ton of money. Yeah, I'll have a $100 investment. Jesus. And so that was my definitely my biggest flip, but I mean, anyone that's seen these, they're huge fucking things and they're like awkwardly shaped. Mm -hmm. So I was like I I saw them I was like, "Oh, great." I was like, "How the fuck am I going to mail these things out?" Like, so I walk in the United States Postal Service with like these like fucked up boxes. How did that go? <laughs> she was like, "Yeah, like we're gonna have to charge these by weight. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, I kind of was charged off the ass or shit. Yeah, I did, but like, I yeah, the money was still like crazy. Like, I even built that into my cost. And after I even sold them, I had people ask me, they're like, I would pay you more, and I was like, they're gone. Like, I'm happy with what I. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. All right, um, all right. So I guess my my next question was gonna be, how are you getting leads? But I know you said you run ads on Facebook. I mean. Do you get, do you see yourself, do you see your business getting more leads from the ads on Facebook or would you say that there's a lot of word of mouth and re recurring customers? You know, do you, are you necessarily focused on getting new leads at this point or are you more focused on keeping your customer base and having them tell other people about you? I mean, so, what gets you more? Yeah, it's definitely both. Um, I definitely want to continue with the ads, but mm -hmm. referrals, I mean, honestly, Everyone says like word of mouth is the best, and I was like, eh, like I don't know if that would be the best for this business because it's not necessarily strictly recurring. Mm -hmm. um, but word of mouth is definitely huge. Like maintaining a good, you know, business, keeping people happy, not ripping people off, you know, not trying to like scam people. Doing the right thing is going to have people coming back to you. Like I've had so many people that are like, oh, I, I got my, I got your business card from this person, or I heard about you from this person, um, and I mean. There's not a whole lot of people in this area offering the same thing. Like, I don't, you can go to like GameStop um, or yeah, like T-Mobile. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Um, and dude, I blow, I blow all those companies out of the water. Like, because I, I have no overhead. I have no employees to really, I mean, I have, I have one employee that I work with, but he's more or less a contractor. Um, Is he like a virtual assistant? No, he's just a friend that, okay. yeah, that I work with. Um, and every, like, if he gets me like clients, I just give him like a kickback, basically. Um, so yeah, I mean, my, my overhead is like super small. I can buy all the parts my you know myself. I can fix it myself. Mm -hmm. I'm I am the, pretty much the business. You know what I mean. So I don't have to pay anybody. So let me ask you this then, because the first thing in my mind that always jumps up when someone says like I have no overhead and I can do it all myself is, what happens when you have to scale? What happens when you start getting like crazy amount? Like I guess is the plan like is the plan? So let's say your business randomly just starts going crazy like you know what i mean like let's say you know you get all, a lot of deals coming in is that you're starting like 200 grand revenue a year what are you gonna do then i'm gonna eventually have to get people yeah i mean 100 percent. it's um it's a learning process i'm sure i was listening to a podcast before and you know the, the standard is like if you want something done right do it yourself but like i feel like that's completely wrong mm -hmm. like realistically if you can hire someone that's even going to do something at like 70 percent efficiency yes. you should hire that person yes because you have, you know, if you're running the business, you have, you need to stay level-headed. You need to make important decisions that, you know, for the overall growth of the company. Mm -hmm. You should not be handling the, you know, not that that's menial tasks. All operations. But yeah, you need to have employees for that. So I'm at a place right now where I can do it all. It's going to eventually ramp up to the mm -hmm. point where I'm going to have to hire people. Right. Um, it's, 
it's, it's hard to find people where you're like, I mean, not that there's a, an abundance of smart people out there that know their shit. It's how do I know that you know your shit? You know what I mean? I need to know that you're going to, you know, you're going to do it properly. You're going to like not waste time, not waste energy, not waste money. You're going to do it effectively. Um, people lie in interviews. <laughs> Me being probably one of them. Right. Like, yeah, I mean, we've all done that. that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> people bullshit, dude. I mean, yeah. that's the thing. And yeah, I agree. It's definitely not like, how am I supposed to know that you're cut out to do this job when I had a 30 minute conversation with you? Yeah. Like, it's just yeah. not feasible. But sometimes you got to go out on a limb, you got to take their credentials that they provide you with you know as fact and hope it yes. works out for the best and yeah i mean i feel you it's that would definitely be nerve-wracking if i was in a position to hire right now so i feel yeah good. um all right so let's go into the next one first this fucking blows my mind that you have another business on top of that on top of your mind <laughs> we're going to talk about that too but so let's talk about sick whips when did we start this this is only a year old so i've only been doing this for yeah a year so okay very new. and so the operations of this, I mean, it's detailing cars, right? Right. So do you go to their house and detail their car for them? You know, you drive up to them. So how, if that's, that is how it goes, right? Yeah. So, so that's, that's basically, basically my kind of like my niche is I actually come to you. So like I come with all the, all the, you know, the power washer, the, all the, the chemicals that I need to clean it, you know, both inside and out. Obviously they have to provide like water and electricity because I can't really bring that. I mean, unless I have a generator, but like, I'm, I'm not at that point yet. We're still, we're still, we're still growing. Um, but yeah, so basically that's my thing. I'll, I'll come to their house and that's kind of been like my huge selling point is like, I mean, people put ads out there and they'll be like, yo, come wash your car. We'll come wash your car. And it's so much easier for a person to be like, I'm just going to sit inside my house and let this guy come to me. I don't mind paying $50 extra or whatever for him to come to me and I can just sit inside and you know maybe continue to work or whatever and yeah. make more money that way instead of just wasting time for yep. them to clean it yep. so. paying for the convenience paying for paying to save themselves time and I, I respect that i mean that's the new age right like yeah people get groceries delivered to their house and some people some people that aren't on that way would say like oh my god i would not pay seven dollars grocery delivery <laughs> fee it's like okay but if i get paid fifty dollars an hour i'm paying seven dollars to save myself an hour I just came out ahead. Yeah, I'm actually losing money if I do it your way. Right, so. exactly. Like, but, you know, that's, um, I feel like that's a very new way of thinking that a lot of people yeah. don't have. Um, so I guess, what is the price point? What do you what do you charge for, uh, is there tiers? Is there, is it a basic detailing for everyone? I mean. Yeah, there's definitely, I mean, it depends what the person has. So like SUVs are actually, take so much longer than like anything else like longer than like trucks because the just the cabin is so big okay. like if you're looking at like a truck like cleaning out the back is pretty easily easy you're not gonna like um you're not gonna wax it or you know put anything on it really you're just gonna clean it out and the cabin is a lot smaller with like an suv it's a lot bigger so like for that i charge around 300 dollars. okay and it like I tell that to people and they're like, oh my God, three hundred dollars. And then I get there and I'm like, no, I'm gonna be here all day. Yeah, like, like I'm, I'm gonna going be here. hard on this shit. Yeah, like that's right. Like, yeah. I'm gonna probably get here at like ten AM at the latest and I'm gonna stay till probably around like six to seven. So it's an, maybe it's a day. It's, it's a, a day, day, yeah. Like I, I go all out, like the car will basically look like it's brand new. Like mm-hmm. you just pulled it off a lot. That's that's always the goal. And there's gonna be certain caveats to that where you can't, you know, there's I mean, I had one where the guy literally had, like, Sharpie all over, like, the seats because his, his kid was in the back. And I was like, I'm going to tell you up front, like, I'll try, but 
probably not going to happen. So, um, uh, I mean, I have some pretty strong shit, but, like, I don't know about that. We'll see. I, I did end up getting it out. But, um, so, yeah, for, like, just an interior, it's normally around, like, 100 bucks, depending on what they have. Sometimes a little bit more, sometimes a little bit less. And then if it's, like, the full car, if it's just, like, a sedan, somewhere around, like, 200 um, Trucks are around like 250 somewhere around there, and then SUVs are normally around like 300 So, yeah, somewhere around there is kind of my price point, but mm-hmm. I kind of get there. I, you know, kind of look, take a look at it, and I'm like, okay, this is what it's going to be, you know, going by just kind of my hourly rate that I have in my head. Gotcha. So, so what, um, oh, I just lost my question. I was gonna, uh, oh, okay, okay. What is, what's like your overhead? I mean, it sounds like it's literally cleaning supplies. I mean, it's yeah. So like, I mean, there definitely is some other things to like gas to get to their house. Um, billing software. I'm assuming you have to bill them or something. Or yeah, yeah, I do have billing software. Um, honestly, a lot of that's free though. I just I basically just print out like an Excel thing. Okay. Um, so that that's pretty much free. Um, yeah, the cleaning supplies. There is some things that I have to use for like every single one. So like a clay bar. Um, if I'm, you know, clay barring the whole car to get out, like, you know, all the little things that are, you know, little specs that are in the actual paint, um, you can, people say you can reuse those, but I feel like the customer isn't getting, like, the best experience if I'm reusing something from the old thing, so it's honestly, it's like two bucks, I'm like, I'm just gonna, yeah, I'm just gonna throw it out, get a, get them a brand new one, I feel like if they're paying me $300, I can spare the extra two bucks. So, yeah, I mean, my overhead's probably all in all, I mean, this will move a little bit just because of you know depending on where they're located you know compared to myself mm-hmm. um but the overhead's somewhere around like 20 to 30 dollars per car per car okay. yeah so it's very very low the strain on yourself is pretty high like you're feeling it the next day it's sweat but, equity more than anything yeah 100 okay so how for okay i guess First question is, how are you getting leads? Are you running ads on Facebook like you're doing with your other business? Is that most of your leads coming from? Yeah, I mean, I, I would say this one is actually more word of mouth. Um, so, yeah, I mean, when you have a business that it's like the majority of your profit is coming off of like kind of like one item or one situation, it's a lot easier to do like word of mouth. Um, so, like, all it takes is one person to be like, hey, he did a good job. They come to me, and now I have a whole day of work, basically. Exactly. Um, as opposed to like a phone where it's like, well, it's just one phone, it's out the door, now I need another one. And do you operate in only like one specific area? I'm sure that would almost bolster the word of mouth, like the marketing tactic. Like you only operate around your house or your residence. So I've, yeah, I, I'm, I'm basically like, I'll, I'll drive honestly as far as like an hour and a half. Like I've done wow. it before. Um, but I tell the person up front, like, look, this is where I'm located because you're this far away i'm going to be charging you extra like it's probably like i know that my services are you know like i do a good, a good job mm-hmm. i know that i'm going to have the job looking you know the car looking basically brand new and because of that that's why i can charge what i charge and that's why i'm still willing to come to you but i'm going to charge you know an extra hundred dollars like i had a guy that i don't think where i drove um but it was like it's like an hour and ten. i think it was in like ridley or something it was like an hour and ten minutes for me that's like an hour and ten minutes yeah and i was like look i'm willing to do it but I'm going to charge you $100 extra yeah. for the job. Yeah, that's and he's gas, like, dude. Yeah. And that, that's honestly, I was like, it's it's my time and the gas. That's that's what I'm basically charging you for. Because not, and I'm going to have to get up earlier. Not that I'm like opposed to doing that by any means, but I'm going to have to get up earlier. It's getting everything in my car, getting, you know, all the, all the little things that people don't think about, the gas, the, the driving. 
So I'm going to charge you $100 extra. And we ended up doing it, and he was, you know, very happy with the work and everything. But um, I was able to kind of show him. I have an Instagram set up. It's Sick Whips Detailing. Yeah. At Sick Whips Detailing. <laughs> Give it a follow. I had to plug it. <laughs> um, and I have a lot of my work on there. So um, he was able to look at it and be like, okay, yeah, I know you're going to do a good job. So I showed up there, and he was... Super happy that's awesome course. yeah i guess that's a really like clever i mean not even clever it's pretty pretty blatant obvious way of marketing <laughs> is yo literally every single car i detail take a picture of it post it on instagram be like fire exactly. fire detailing job right here like exactly. it's done yeah i mean that's perfect right that's literally putting every finished product that you ever have right in front of your consumer Definitely. You cannot argue with my results. My results are right there. You can't tell me that you didn't know what you were getting. I literally put it in front of you every single time I've done it (laughs) on Instagram. So I like that a lot. Um, Okay, so last question about Sick Whips, and then we'll move on to a couple other things. So COVID, did you start it during COVID? I started it right before. I think it was like right before COVID. and it definitely, I definitely saw yeah, I a bit of a dive because, because that's not a necessity. And person, and person, person to person, no one's yeah. driving their cars. So I can exactly. see that. So I guess you started right before COVID hit. So you don't even know how this is going to be post COVID, right? I mean, you haven't really seen. Yeah, I've had a couple people so far this year. I've just started up because mm-hmm. obviously I can't do it, um, you know, during the winter and stuff yeah. like that. So, so I just started up a little while ago um, where it's, you know, warm enough out that I can do it. Although, ironically, I've done one in December. So <laughs> I've, I've done it before. That was just an interior clean. So it wasn't, wasn't that big of a deal. You were freezing your asshole. Oh, I was definitely, dude, I, I had a full coat on. Like I, was, I was freezing. But dude, fuck it, man. I'll, I'll go for it. It's a guap. Um, get anything for the guap, bro. Hell yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, so, I mean, what's, what was the revenue like last year? Uh, so it was my first year. I didn't. I mean, my goal was honestly to just recoup my my costs of everything I had to buy and then like double that basically. That was my goal. So I think I ended up making 2000 profit was actually over my goal. So like for every, all my costs, I think I spent like 500 bucks. So basically I wanted to make $500 profit and I'm making like a little over 2000 profit. So double it. Shout out Dan Faust. (laughs) (laughs) Only Dan Faust will know what we're talking about. Um, Okay, and one other question I was gonna ask. Um, oh shit, what was it? It was about. Uh, it was about Pure Electronics. I don't know. I lost it. Um, <laughs> it'll come back. Yeah, it'll come back. <laughs> Probably when we're like five. When we're done. Yeah. Past that. yeah, it's all good. Um, okay, so let me ask you this. Um, this is sort of about business productivity. Jim sort of captures a lot of the things we've been talking about, but like, bro, you got a lot of balls up in the air. Like you do, like you go, you go to the gym around two hours a day, five days a week, six days a week. You have two side hustles and you have a full-time job. I mean, pretty like, I, I feel like I sort of operate the same way. I mean, I'm not saying like, oh, I'm like working as hard as you, because honestly, I think you have a fucking shit ton going on. And I don't know if I can say that I work as much as you do, which is whatever. I mean, it's not like, I'm not saying it's a bad thing or a good thing, but like, how are you managing all this? How do you manage your time? Like, <laughs> there's just, like, just from hearing everything, right? Like, okay, a certified personal trainer. Okay, I go to the gym all this time. I work a nine to five. I run these two side businesses. One's bringing in like 60K a year. That's not like, not, like 
That's not like you're not working. Like you're yeah. working a lot. Like yeah. I guess how how much do you work a day? So how much how much time do you spend a day focused on generating revenue for your company or working your nine to five? And how do you approach time management in general? Do you plan your days? Do you you know what do you do? Yeah, I definitely plan my days. I mean, I have the standard like nine to five job. Mm -hmm. um, I have times throughout my day while I'm actually working that I have, you know, I'm lucky enough to have kind of down times. Yeah, I feel that same. So I use that time. Like everyone has the same fucking 24 hours. So yeah, like fucking use that time. If you can find like, if you have 10 minutes, like what can I do in 10 minutes? And then that's not to say that like every minute I'm just like, okay, I'm on my shit. Like dude, sometimes you're just fucking relaxing and everyone needs that. But like, if you have, like, if I have 20 minutes of downtime, which every now and then I do, I'm like, okay, I need to put out an ad right now. Yeah. Or I need to, you know, I have a customer that was, you know, just reaching out to me. They wanted to have a card on or they have electronics they want to sell. I need to reach out to them. I need to, you know, follow up with them and see if we can get a business deal in our time that we can meet or whatever it may be. So, you know, using that little time and then also, like you stated, planning out your day. Um, I try to plan out my day actually the day before. Like the so, night before? Yeah, normally like sometime the day before, um, whether it be the night before, normally it's like when I get, anytime from when I get done work, um, I have like a nap, but like I, I sleep in two four hour schedules, so my, my, my sleep schedule's beyond fucked, but before that, structured. Yeah, I mean, before that, I plan out like things that I have to do for the, the you know, the next day, and then after that I'm like, okay, what do I want to get to that I may not get to, but like, I, I, the things that I have to get to, like putting out ads, I'm not going to get this if I don't put out this yeah. ads. What am I going to do after this? Like, what is the, hey, I would like to get to this. It's not a necessity right now, but it's, what can I get to this? It's like you have your base, like we are just talking about in 100%. fitness, whatever. It's like you have your base, your non-negotiable, like, critical tasks for the day. Like, like for me, um, when I started making content, I was like, okay, this is your base right here. One piece of content a day. I was like, you put out one piece of content a day, no negotiations. Then you just build around that like maybe you're feeling good one day maybe you put out two pieces maybe you start a fucking podcast maybe you do all this other shit like yeah. just goes on from there so like i like i like that approach to things right you have your your base your systems and then you have like your strive like okay if i can find time to do this fucking why not do this i'm gonna have to do it at some point anyway like that type yeah. of thing so i kind of approach my days with the same mentality like i I definitely struggle sometimes with remembering to plan my days and I can tell when I don't how unstructured my day is because of that. So yeah. definitely something I need to work on, but yes, I agree with that fully. Um, okay, so I think that sort of covers the business side, business productivity, you know, whatever you want to call that and um, the health side of it. So I want to get into a little bit because I know, so you're a 401k 403B pension specialist, right? right? So that's what you do for work. You advise people on those types of things, tell them what they probably need to be doing, whatever. So for anyone that doesn't know, all that stuff is essentially retirement plans, you know, employer-sponsored retirement plans, right? Right. So let's, let's first start, like, lay out to me 401k versus 403B versus pension. What are the differences between each? I don't think... You as an employee get a choice of whether you get it's whatever your employer is offering you, right? Yeah, I mean basically, so, yeah, yeah. Just I guess define the three so we understand what those are. 
right. So yeah, yeah, like uh, between, between those three, three yeah, you're right. You normally don't get a chance, um, you know, a choice. Mm -hmm. You're going to either be assigned one, basically. 401k is for your, you know, straight like business. Um, most businesses have a 401k. 403b is going to be for like an organization or like some government jobs have. So like a nonprofit, right? Yeah, okay. nonprofit for 403bs. And then pensions is just like a lot of times um, companies will offer that instead of a 401k, or sometimes they even offer it, you know, with a 401k. Mm -hmm. The main difference between that is um, you'll have like a designated payout. So that's um, flat rate. Right. They call it defined contribution. So you know what you're getting, whereas the other one is you don't know. You don't know how much your 401k is going to grow. You don't know, you know. Very uncertain. Right. So 403b, is it right to assume that that's tax exempt? So I, don't, I, I deal basically with, I do deal with them like very, they're, they're very scarce. I don't see that a lot of them. Um, that I'm not 100% sure, I'm to okay. be honest yeah, with you. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, uh, I believe they are. But or there's some tax benefit to it. There's, there's definitely some tax benefits to them. Those are, I don't see them very rare. The plans that I deal with mostly have just pensions and, mm -hmm. and 401ks, so they're like very scarce. Normally when I, when I see 403Bs come in, I'm like, I need to look up some information. Yeah, yeah, I got you. <laughs> in like our, our handbook or whatever. So, um, oh, okay, sorry, do you have anything else? No, no, no that's okay. So, 401k, from what I understand, so I have a 401k. Um, you know, I work for a company, I have a 401k, whatever. And I, a lot of people, a lot of finance people that I listen to, one main guy, you know, Robert Kiyosaki, I'm assuming. Right. I'm sure yeah. you've read Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Who, who fucking that? <laughs> <laughs> it's like the fucking, one of the most entry finance. Oh, you yeah, you got yeah. it. If you, you haven't read, read it, it yeah. yeah. If you have not read Rich Dad, Poor Dad, please open your mind because <laughs> that book opened my mind a lot. Um, but what I was going to say is he's a very, he does not like 401ks at all. He's not a fan of them. And basically from what I understand, he doesn't like them because when you pull your money out of there, eventually when you're 65 or whatever, you get taxed like you're an employee. So you get taxed on your, you get taxed like it's earned income, right? Is that, is that the case? Yes. So... And you had kind of uh, broken down one thing about like Roth, and I'm sure we'll get into that yes. later. Um, that's kind of not a way around it, but definitely you get some huge, um, you know, tax exemptions for Roth. Definitely. Okay. Yeah. So like, but yeah, you're correct. When you pull the money out, you're going to get taxed in your in your tax bracket for the money that you get pulled out. So like, if you pull out thirty grand, they're going to look at that as like, okay, you made thirty grand more on top of whatever else. Right. And that could bump you into another tax bracket. So, I mean, we like if we go into Roth, like a lot of people don't... Well, that's the next question, so just go into we'll, that. We'll go right into What does it make sense? 401k versus Roth, when does it make sense to have a 401k? When does it make sense to have a Roth? So, yeah, let's actually break down what Roth yeah. is. So, Roth is basically after-tax money. Mm -hmm. So, you're basically paying the taxes up front on that. The reason why you'd want to do that is when you take it out, you pay the taxes on it, and here's the, the big caveat, any growth that that's made is also tax-free. So that's huge. So a lot of people don't know that. As soon as you pull the money out, basically, like, let's say you put in $1,000. The S&P, on average, doubles your money every seven years. So let's say you start when you're 25, you want to retire at 60. So now that's that's doubled five times. What is that? You're up to, like, $32,000 from $1,000 investment. It's all tax-free. You, you no unrealized capital gain. No. Yeah, you pull it all out. There is two qualifications. You're... Age has to be at least 59 and a half, 
So you have to basically, you know, be older. You're locking up your right. Yeah, you're locking up your money, um, and your original start date has to be at least five years ago. So both of those things are very easy. They set you up for retirement. If you were putting forth, now you can do this in a four hundred one k. Too. A lot of people don't know that. So there's like a lot of times when people hear Roth, they they think of Roth IRAs. Mm -hmm. You have this is going to vary from employer to employer. Um, I'm lucky that mine actually offers Roth contributions in a 401k. Wow. So what that means is I can put forth after-tax money, Roth. Um, it's still going to abide by the $19,500 limit for you know the full year. That's what it currently is in 2021. Um, and the employer will match that. The employer is never going to match Roth funds though. They're going to match. They're going to match you in pre-tax dollars. So like if you put forth um, you know, 5%, they're going to match you 5%, but it's going to be pre-tax. And when you pull that money out, you're going to have to pay taxes on their contribution. Right. Yeah. Like the employer's like, we're already giving you free money. We're not going to pay your fucking taxes for you. Like, we're giving you, already giving you a handout. So, but still that's, that's huge that like, I mean, I can understand the reason why he's saying that he doesn't like 401ks because you are locking up some of your money. Um, I think there is, he does like Roths. To, to he yes. he's like he's not against Roth IRAs. He's not a fan of four hundred one k's. Yeah. So like I would say if like do your four hundred one k, do the Roth contribution. Like we said in the beginning of this podcast, this is not advice. Do your own research. Do your own research. But what I will say is, my my thought or my opinion is, if you're making under sixty thousand dollars max the fuck out of your fucking Roth, like your Roth 401k. And the reason why I'm saying under $60,000 is because essentially you're paying your taxes up front. You're paying them at that tax bracket, right? So if you're making more later, don't yeah, matter. Like, I mean, everyone has the intention of making more later. Like no one's like, Hey, I hope I make less in like 10 years. Like, no, you're like, I want to make, like, I'm hoping I'm making six figures by like, you know, in the next couple of years. So I want to pay those taxes up front. So when I pull up, pull it out, they're going to be like, 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 I'm, I'm trying, trying to fuck the IRS, IRS as much as, as I possibly can. <laughs> legally <laughs> fuck them. Legally IRS. fuck them. Let me, let me make that clear. Yeah. <laughs> I so, agree. I agree. So, like, put, put that money in as much as you can. can. You don't have to do the full $19,500 limit. I actually wouldn't recommend that. Like, what I do, um, my employer matches 4% dollar for dollar. So, if I put forth the dollar, they're going to give me a dollar for the first 4%. And then for the next 2%. They're going to be 50%. So essentially, I give them a dollar, they give me 50%. Yeah. So effectively, um, I'm putting for 6%, they're giving me 5% back. That's so, fat. Yeah, so it's, it's really good. I mean, it's, I don't even know what the, the dollar comes out to. I think I'm put forth like 90 and they give me like 80 or something like that. So, you know, per paycheck. So that's, that's it's free money that you're going to get. Like, yeah, you can't technically touch it until you're 60. There is some exemptions to that. But... I mean, if, it's, if you start now, mm -hmm. I mean, that's really not a whole lot of money. Right. Like, you mean, just forget about it. I mean, here's my take on all that shit. It's like, if you're not even seeing it and you're just like, I even, I take this a step further. Like I have like automation set up with my whole bank account that it's like, as soon as money goes in there, some of it goes to a savings account and that savings account, you know, goes into the market at some point. Some of it goes to like a fixed expenses account. I never even see that money because yeah. I don't want to. I don't want to see that. If I see it, I'm gonna fucking spend it. So I get like three hundred, four hundred dollars in my checking account, you know, every two weeks, and that's like okay, groceries. Maybe you go to the bar once or twice, buy some beer or whatever. But like that four hundred dollars, once that's spent, like you have no money for the rest of the two weeks. Dude, if you're doing your your shit right, 
you should have like little money in your savings. Yeah. Like you should not have like people that are sitting on thirty thousand in their savings. Right. Like, I'm sorry, but you're losing money. You are. Inflation is fucking you. Yes. So absolutely. you should be. I, I love that that notion of just like moving money. And I mean, I, I told you about a book a little while ago, which is kind of ironic because you're always telling me about books. Yeah. But um, the automated millionaire. That's yeah. like honestly one of my favorite books because he's like, look. You're gonna have on days. You're gonna have off days. You're gonna have days when you're like, "Hey, I'll put money into this this brokerage. I'll put money into this, you know, index fund, whatever." Like, but on your off days, you may not want to do that. So, and like you would just say that, like when you go to the bar or whatever, you're gonna spend money. You don't even want to know that money exists. So, like, I'm the same way. I have about a grand every two weeks going out of my bank account and it's just like I never even I mean it literally goes in and it goes out like I don't even know it's there it goes all I have you know a bunch of investments that are passively paying me that are you know paying you know first growth and I just don't even know this I don't even look at them a lot of times right just let it do its shit well that's a great segue into the next part um really the last part of the discussion I wanted to have is investments so Basically, the point I have written here is stocks slash the market in general. Um, but really, I want to talk about crypto too. But let's start with um, your approach because I want to hear what you what you do in terms of investing. So, what is your attitude or approach, your investment style to let's just start just the stock market? Um, are you like a buy and hold? Are you a swing? Are you a you know day trader? Are you selling buying shit all the time? You know what? How do you approach stock market? investing necessarily i mean do you have index funds do you buy value stocks and hold them what is your what do you do Dude, I'm, I'm all with it i love it all mm-hmm. so like obviously i'm in finance right now so um i i'm in all that stuff i do day trading i do option trading i do long-term holds i move investments around um right now i have around I'm trying to think maybe 250 bucks so like not a whole lot of money go into um a, a couple different stocks mm-hmm. that i'm watching every single week um and a lot of those are like airline stocks and cruise line stocks i think those are going to come back hard yeah southwest i have a lot of yeah like i put mine in uh the jets etf that's the only airlines etf that exists so um basically you have like all the big airlines in that um and it's those consistently are going to you know grow and come back so i'm not even worried about those I bought a U.S. oil index fund or ETF, like, I think it was March 2020. Oh, no. It's up, like, 116%. Oh, it's, oh, oh yeah. there you oh, go. Oh, I mean, COVID, you know, because the value oh, yeah. of oil was, like, dead. I, I, put, I probably bought it, like, the worst time. I bought it, like, a little bit before that. Yeah, I was like, that's going to get rid of Oh, yeah, you got fucking shit off. Yeah, write that one off. Write that one off. So, I mean, that's another thing. Yeah, you know when to, know when to pull out if yeah. you have to. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I have, yeah, so I have those. And then I also have a uh, a passive index fund that I basically just it pays out high inch or high yield. Um, what am I trying to dividends? say? Here? Dividends. Yeah. So, what index fund? Do you, I think it's called DGRO. DGRO, I think, is what. Who's the Do you know? Not Vanguard. Right? No, it's not Vanguard. I forget, uh, I have to look into okay. it. But but it's yeah. just a dividend index fund, basically. Yeah. That's the only index fund you own. That's the only yeah, yeah for my just for my personal brokerage I have a lot in like my you know I have like an IRA Roth IRA four hundred one k all those um, those are obviously in more aggressive funds but this is more just like passive you always want to have something like that that's going to be stable to stabilize your money um, and it's going to kind of balance out any losses that you you make and then I'm in spy so obviously uh, spy yeah S and P five hundred oh so <laughs> gotcha okay. I've I've put into that for 
since I started my brokerage, that okay. like fifty dollars goes in there religiously, like yeah. every mm-hmm. every uh, week. Yeah, so. so I'm basically I would say the same way. I'm probably more index fund heavier than you are. Um, I have probably like eighty percent of my brokerage just straight index funds, maybe like seventy five percent, and I have like total international. I have some total stock. I have some S and P five hundred. I have precious metals now i just bought because i think those are going to go pretty yeah i think those are going to do pretty well um you know with the money printing that's going on exactly um i have a couple other ones but yeah i'm pretty heavy on index funds i have a couple stocks um really the only i mean i don't know if you know what do you do you buy blue chip stocks i mean are you are you so i do yeah i have a couple shares in or not a couple shares i have uh Probably have a couple shares actually now uh, in Apple. Mm-hmm. Um, for the blue chip stocks, I tend to not really buy shares a lot. I do a lot of option trades on those. It's okay. so easy to to make money on option trades with them. Like, just pay attention to like their earnings and you know like their earnings dates and stuff like that. And you can so easily like you know put in you know put debit spreads, call debit spreads, stuff like that. So, so I'm huge into that. Explain to the people that don't know, like myself. Um, well, I mean, I have a general idea of what options trading are, but I don't have a very, uh, very good understanding. So do you want to give a quick five minute, you know, up to five minute, I guess, um, explanation of what is options trading? Why should people learn about it? Yeah. So I'll break it down like as, you know, as quickly as possible. So essentially, um, an options trade is you buying like a contract in some way. So you're buying a call, you're basically saying, Hey, I think this is going to go up and it's for a hundred shares. You're you're buying the right to 100 shares to buy at a certain price, put, um, you're buying the right to sell them at a certain price. Um, it's always you know dealt in 100 shares. Now, if you do a call debit spread, you're basically buying, you're buying a call and selling a call. So if you're selling a call, that means that you're actually the writer of the contract. Okay. So when you're doing those, you're basically kind of hedging your bets. So like, if for some reason that is, number one, it's gonna be a lot cheaper. Cause like, if you look at like an Amazon call, like. I don't have like 40 grand sitting around. Right, <laughs> right. Buy, like, one. So I'll buy like a debit, you know, a call debit, or what am I saying? Uh, I'll sell a call, so it'll form a call debit spread, and that'll kind of all put my cost. So it may be like $250, and maybe my max um, gain is $250. So like, now I mean, more often you want to get your max loss a lot lower than your max gain, or else, you know, if you lose 50% of the time, you're not really making Yeah, you're, you're trying to... Uh... What's it called? Lower your risk to the most Exactly. Possible. Yeah. Understandable. Okay. Yeah. So I'm sure a lot of people here listening didn't understand that fully and totally understand that. But if we tried to go that in depth into options trading, we'd be here all fucking we'd be, day. Yeah. <laughs> so, so just understand that, you know, if you don't understand that, you know, maybe you shouldn't get into options trading without doing a lot more research. Like myself, like I would never get into options trading just because I know that. I wouldn't be able to get that much into it to the point where I'm like confident in my ability to, to make money in that market. Yeah. So I buy value stocks instead of, and you know, I buy things like Workday and Google and companies that I essentially know are going to be good long-term Southwest airlines, for example, and just hold them because yeah. a lot of people like that works for a lot of people, guys. I mean, if you're smart and you don't let your emotions run away with you and you don't just fucking sell shit at the first you know, fear, you'll probably be all right as long as these companies are good. So just do your research, find a good company, and 
I mean, that goes right into like crypto. Like the crypto market's like very much down now. And I have a lot of friends that are like, oh, dude, I'm, I'm pulling out. Right. I'm pulling out. And I'm like, okay, like you can, but I'm telling you right now, like I'm when it when it sinks like that, I'm like, dude, I'm buying in like crazy. I'm it's on like, sale. Exactly, dude. That's the way I look at it. I'm like, I'm getting a discount on. Yeah. So like, I, and I did the same thing. During COVID, like, everything tanked, and people were like, pull out, pull out, and I was like, put in, put in, put in. Put in. my money down, dude. I was, my money faster, yeah. 100%. Like, I was, I was throwing money in there. I was like, I almost wanted to take, like, loans to put money in there. I mean, I wouldn't do that, but, like, that's almost where I wanted to be. So, and I mean, that's why I did so well in the stock market in, you know, 2020. So, yep, me too. Um, so, that, I mean, before we go a little bit more deeper into crypto, because I want to talk more about like the principles of it, not necessarily all the market drama right now, but we can talk about that a little. Um, but before that, I want to talk about the stock market. Um, so what do you think of the market in general right now? I mean, everyone thinks it's overvalued. Like GDP is like through the roof, artificial, completely artificial. Like everything's artificial. Like we can see the stock market growth right now. All this shit is artificial because a bunch of fucking money just came into the economy. So obviously short term market's gonna go up. Do you think, I mean, do you think there's a correction coming? And if so, which I'm sure you probably do, how are you gonna position yourself against that? Is crypto the answer? Is precious metals the answer? I mean, obviously I'm not saying like, oh, you're a fucking guru and know it all, but what would you do to position yourself against a market correction right now? Dude, diversification, hundred yeah. percent. Like, I mean, just you know, cost cost in with the market. So, like, if it goes down a little bit, you're getting it at a discount. Yeah. Like, if you're put, if it goes up a little bit, you're gaining that you know yeah. growth with that, and then yeah, you're gonna buy a little bit higher. There's hundred percent going to be a correction. Like, we are so overbought. Like, the RSI for like even spy is like you know above what it should be. So, so we're 100% going to see a correction. correction. I mean, 40% of the United States money was just printed in the last 14 months. That's so, terrifying. Yeah, you're, you're going, going to see a correction. There's going to be inflation 100%. So, I mean, but yeah, I mean, I'm just going to continue my investments. All these, I mean, these happen. These, you know, all the tips happen. You look fast in history, you know, stocks fly down, stocks fly up. The average is still going to be, you know, around seven percent per year of growth. So you're going to have some bad years. You're going to have some good years. A bad year is coming, but like I said, everything is on sale now. Or it's going to be. It's going to be on sale. I mean, that's a great way to look at it. Hundred like, percent. Yeah. I remember um, I read like Tony. Rob I remember like one of the first books I read on investing was like Tony Robbins' Unshakable, and it's like it's like 150 pages. Like basically tells you like. It's like super entry level. It's just, like, just buy index funds, chill, be a defensive investor. And I'm and like, he talks about like, and I read it like literally right when COVID happened. Um, Cause it was when I was starting to like get enough money to think about, okay, I need to start investing my money and putting it in the right places to make money. And I remember as soon as I read this, I went and bought index funds like right after that. Cause he was like, understand that like when these bear markets happen, like, and everyone else is freaking out and going crazy. He was like, these, like, billionaires, like, people with a lot of money, they're licking their chops. Like, they're yeah. like, holy shit, we're about to make guap in, like, a second. Like, think about COVID, dude. Think about all the billionaires and all the rich people that just cashed out yeah. on COVID. Oh, they, they made millions. Yeah. I mean, we had a, 
um, not a, I wouldn't say a slogan, but we had a saying rather at Vanguard just between the employees and it was locking those losses. Yeah. Because it was like, we have all these people we're talking to and they're like, I want to pull it out, put it in bonds. And we're like, okay, like we get off, you know, talking with them. All right, locking those losses. Yeah. Idiot. So it's like, and I mean, you have a lot of people that like, yeah, I understand they're trying to protect their investments, but at the same time, like, dude, you're 30, you're not retiring and then you're losing like your capital. Like yeah. when you, when you pull out, like, okay, say you have, you're in at this cost and then market goes way up and then fucking huge correction goes down. If you now like reposition yourself when you're down there, you just lost so much of your capital, like so much of your investment just got wiped out and it's not coming back when the market corrects because you just completely repositioned yourself. I mean, this kind of goes directly with what you put out a video, uh, you know, a little while ago where it was like, stop being normal, be like the abnormal. Yeah. Look, Look at what other people are doing and going against that. So, like, <laughs> honestly, I saw all these people, they're pulling their money out, they're putting it in bonds. So, what did I do? I called my, you know, I actually, ironically, have some funds at Fidelity. I called them and I said, yeah, what, you know, I, I'm pretty sure these are the, the funds I'm in. Is that correct? Okay. I want to put them in more aggressive. Yeah. <laughs> I did the complete opposite and it paid off. Like, right. I, I want to double down now Absolutely. because everyone's doing the complete opposite. Yeah. And it's like, dude, if you're, if you're, What's like if you're under 40 or 35, whatever, you're if you're young and you're stressing about like a bear market now and like you're not like you don't plan on touching those that money and that fund for a long time, don't fucking worry about it. Like, don't get emotional because you're literally just fucking yourself long term. Like, you're not gonna touch that money. The market has literally corrected itself every single time and it didn't take. 30 years for it to correct itself. So yeah. when you're sitting there being all emotional because something just happened this year, like understand the market goes up 7% every year. Like that's, that is the average and it never has, there's never been a bear market that's lasted like 10 years. Like that just doesn't yeah. happen. Like market cycles happen. So when you're 30 years old and stressing out about the index fund that you told yourself you weren't going to touch until you're 60, like why are you worried about a bear market that's going to last like? Like yeah, two you're, years. You're literally like, like 40. If, if the bear, bear market lasts 20 years, years the United States, States isn't going to be a thing. We right? got bigger problems. <laughs> we got bigger problems than, you know, your 401k. So. Exactly. <laughs> all right. Um, all right. So that kind of wraps up the stock talk. Um, let's get into just a couple topics on crypto and then we'll probably end up wrapping this podcast up. So I guess first off, I have Bitcoin slash crypto. I mean, are you in more Bitcoin or are you in more altcoin shitcoin, you know, trading? I'm definitely not in shitcoin. Okay. So like, okay. and that's not hating on anybody that is because I know a couple people that have made a shit ton of money on like Dogecoin and like Shiba coin. And understand that that's basically a lottery ticket though. Like that's, that's my take on it. Um, you know, a lot of these meme coins or shit coins, they don't have anything backing them. They don't have any reason they exist. Yeah. So I'm definitely huge into crypto. Um, it's the same thing with everything. I diversify all my funds. So like, I don't have, um, you know, all my, all my money in one thing. I have, uh, what is it? Bitcoin. I have Cardano. I have Ethereum. I have VeChain. Um, I have a couple other little ones. Um, but all ones that I've, again, do your own research. This is not like advice. Do your own research. But these are all ones that I personally found value in. And look, I mean, right now, in my opinion, it's the time to buy. We just went through a little bit of a bear bear market. I'm actually down on my funds. And like, same thing. And you're probably buying more. Dude, I'm buying, I'm buying like crazy. I'm like, okay, sales on. Right, exactly. So, 
I guess I want to talk about more of the principles of cryptocurrency because I fucking love them. Um, like, is what do you like about it? I mean, is it the decentralization? Is it, you know, just the lack of control, the lack of control that a, an entity has over it? I mean, that's my favorite part about it. It's, it's definitely that. that. Yeah, it's definitely the de decentralization. Um, I mean, you have... Trying to think how to correctly word this. Yeah. Um, you, you definitely obviously still have to pay taxes on it. It's going to be like that, you know. But you have a lot of these, like, what is it, Bitcoin, where there's only a certain amount printed. And that's what, like, that's the problem with the U.S. dollars. They just keep printing and printing and printing. Like, when I see something that, you know, a, a val something that has value that's money or is currency, that there's only a certain amount of it and there's not going to be more, that's what I, I really like. It's like gold. Exactly. And when you even have something that is backing them, like a reason they exist, like Ethereum or Cardano, where they're solving issues, yeah. that even is, you know, like, everyone's like, cash is king. Like, dude, cash fucking sucks. Dude, like, get your money out of cash. <laughs> Put it in something that actually has value and is, like, doing something. Burn your fucking paper printed by the government immediately now yeah. don't, <laughs> don't burn it but use it, it use it yeah put it to work though. <laughs> give it to somebody else that doesn't have one right um okay so i guess you said something that interested me and this is a concern a big concern that i have um because you said okay yeah you're gonna get taxed on it and my concern is and i want to hear what you think of this is like is there a chance that just overregulation, like everything else, like shit just getting regulated to the fucking and dying. Like, do you think regulation of crypto makes it a less attractive investment vehicle? I mean, I feel like it definitely does to a point. I still feel like the scarcity aspect of it makes it more attractive than, say, like the dollar or something like that. But I guess what I'm saying is like, it still concerns me that the, if, we haven't seen the last of the attempt to regulate crypto because especially with the administration we have in now, and I'm not saying like, fuck the administration. I don't give a fuck. Like fucking government sucks in general. But, <laughs> but like, it's just like a currency that they have no control over the supply of is probably terrifying to a government. Yeah. So if, I mean, I feel like there's a chance that they're going to try to overregulate cryptocurrency to make it as unattractive as possible to people. Do you think there's a chance that that fucks it over? No, I think crypto is going to be. I mean, crypto's been around for a long time, and I'm somewhat of a newer investor. A newer investor. I've only gotten in in like the past like year, which I think is the same for a lot of people. But I mean, it's definitely blowing up. I mean, it's, it's like, like anything, anything, it's being, it's going to be subject to, tax, you know, tax and it's going to be subject to overregulation, stuff mm -hmm. like that. Um, I mean, you can look at that in two ways. You can say like, okay, yeah, they're going to make sure that it's, you know, like a lot of people are making money and they're not paying their taxes on it. And it's like, well, they should be paying their fair share on, on it as well. Um, you have like that new bill that was like the hidden treasure bill or whatever that, that was put into effect to make sure that they're cashing those people. They may have, I mean, this is, you know comes down to opinion. They may have taken a little bit too far when they're, they're putting a bill in, in place to basically use that money for hidden treasure to pay for other things that they've already, you know. So it's like, you already have a plan where you're going to use this money for it. So I don't know. It's, yeah, I mean, it's still up in the air at the moment, um, but it doesn't scare me off from, I definitely want to invest. It's, it's like the stock market. It's super regulated and people are still, you know, investing in that. I mean, people hook their, 
their whole retirement to it. So. I know, and that's crazy to me too. It's like people literally hedge on. Oh, my voice is cracked. People hedge all like their fucking livelihood on shit that we we fully acknowledge is like subject to getting fucked by the government at any moment. I mean, like yeah. that shit that blows my mind. And I guess crypto at least isn't like if the government were to regulate the fuck out of it. That doesn't affect the price of it unless investors react to that regulation, which I, I mean, I guess is kind of the same as the stock market, you could say, but crypto is so outside the system. Like the stock market is traded in US dollars. You know what I mean? People put dollars down. I mean, Bitcoin is not just traded in US dollars. It's traded all over the place. So even if there could be some regulation coming out of one country, that doesn't mean another country has to follow You know the exact same suit. This is one man's opinion, obviously. <laughs> I'm not an expert on Bitcoin. It really interests me, and the, the principles behind it really interest me, and I hope that it withstands the test of time because it's really the only answer we have right now to... I mean, look at it this way, like, global economy. if the government thought that this was going to die, they wouldn't have put bills in place. That's the way I look at it, is I'm like, oh, they're, they're putting bills in place? They know this is going to be a long-term thing. Yeah. If they weren't, they wouldn't put bills in place to, you know, over-regulate, stuff like that. It may scare off some investors. In fact, it's definitely going to. But the majority of people, I think, are going to, you know, stay in with it. Maybe not the shook coins. I mean, I hope some of those die because I don't want the market to turn into that. I want it to be... Where they're, you know, this is actually solving like real world problems and, you know, helping us grow as a society. And I think a lot of, you know, crypto is doing that. But um, I don't think it's going to scare people off. Yeah. So my take on a lot of these shit coins, something Robert Breedlove said. Robert Breedlove is like one of the big uh, Bitcoin advocates. He's like very, very loud about Bitcoin. Um, has his own podcast called What Is Money. He was also on Lex Friedman's and uh, Robert Kiyosaki's podcast. I've, I think I talked about this on my last podcast with Mooch, but basically, like, when he talks about, um, you know, cryptocurrency and, like, where it's going, um, fuck, dude, I totally lost where I was going with that. Um, what was I, what were we talking about? Um, so, cryptocurrency, um, you know, over-regulation. Yeah. Uh, it's still going to exist. Um... It's gonna come back to you. I can feel it. It's gonna come back. I don't know. That's the worst, man. Oh, okay. So we're talking about how shit coins are. We don't. We want those to go away. So he he had he had like a bunch of historical facts to back this up. But basically, he was like, when there's a shitload of like different you know types of currency, like they will eventually consolidate until to the largest like market cap holder. And he was like. Basically, what I'm saying is I think we might have like 30 coins 10 years down the line because so many of these other shit coins, people are going to like the value is just going to go down, like eventually just start to go down and people are going to realize like, okay, I should probably get out of here and invest in a more stable or more, you know, reputable coin like Bitcoin or Ethereum or whatever else, you know, the ones that are actually solving real world problems that are new technology, not just like, yo, I took, I took this, this open source code from Bitcoin, fucking plugged a couple more like lot like pieces of logic in there, and like now I have my own coin. Like <laughs> you're fucking, yeah. I, I don't know. I think that's kind of ridiculous. Um, and I do love the idea that Bitcoin's open source, so anyone can take it and add on actually useful things like Ethereum has done, like all these other you know yeah. blockchain coins have done. I think that's so cool, and I think that's the way the world should go. 
Um, so, guys, that is all I had today. Do you have anything else that you want to hit on? Dude, that's, that's all I have. Right. Thanks for having me on. Of course, dude. So, real quick, guys. Chris Updike, owner of Sick Lips Detailing and Pure Electronics. Do you have an Instagram for Pure Electronics? I don't. We have a Facebook page, okay. Pure Electronics. Okay, so Facebook page, Pure Electronics, Instagram page. Sick Whips Detailing. I'm assuming you have a Facebook page for Sick Whips too. Yep. Okay. So Facebook, Instagram, Sick Whips Detailing. You guys know where to find me on Instagram at Rick's Doing It. Chris's Instagram personal. What is it? Chris Updike. Just at Chris underscore Updike or just regular Chris Updike. Okay. So Chris Updike. C H R I S O P D Y K E. Thank you guys all for listening, and I will talk to y'all next week. See. Ya.